Hello there, I'm Natalia Malu, your unfiltered fit BFF, mom of two turned CEO of a fitness empire. Someone who understands the struggles of trying to stay fit, sane, and sexy, all while juggling work, life, and motherhood. And this is the Unfiltered Fit Life Podcast. Follow along wherever you're listening and join me weekly as I help busy working moms just like you simplify their fitness journey so they can lose weight, regain their confidence, and feel sexy AF. It's time to stop living in the what-ifs and hiding from the cameras. It's time to regain control over your body, feel sexy naked, and wear a bikini confidently. People already see you as a super confident woman, but it's time for you to feel the same way too. Let's go. Hello, hello there, fam. Welcome to another episode of the Unfiltered Fit Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Mello. I'm super excited to be here. Today, we are going to do a little bit more about my story because <laughs> before I tell you a little bit about what the podcast today is, is going to be, I was listening to uh, Bedro Skoulian's podcast and he was telling his story, you know, coming from very humble beginnings. And that somebody said that he was <laughs> privileged. And I very much aligned with his response. Before I move forward, please make sure that you cover your kids' ears. <laughs> I'm using Bedra's words. Lived in this country, lived in Section 8 home, made myself what I am today. And you wanna you wanna talk about my privilege? Fuck my privilege. Fuck your privilege. So very much I felt that in my soul. So back to our podcast today, we are going to be talking about the transition that we had as a family from living in uh, Northern Ireland to living in the U.S. as I watch my husband cut the grass right now as I start to record the podcast. But hey, at least he's cutting the grass, so got to be grateful. Anyway, whenever we moved to Texas from Northern Ireland, so... Roger had retired from playing professional rugby. Actually, before I tell you about our move. So we had on the pipeline to move as soon as Roger retired from professional rugby. And then our plan was to have our second child after moving to the U.S. But life was like, cute, hold my beer. And I felt pregnant with my daughter whenever my son was about four and a half, five months so that changed a little bit of our plans, which now in hindsight, when I look back and I'm like, that was actually a very good thing to have my daughter, you know, at that time, because we were able to have the help and support of family while we were still in Northern Ireland. Roger retired around August of 2017. And then I had Chloe in September. Then the following year in May, Chloe was like nine months old. Nico was not even two. We were like, now is the time. Let's move. So we had everything planned out, what it was going to look like, and then packed up all our things, six, seven bags, a container was sent, and off we went and came to Texas. We arrived after this long flight with two babies with really no place to live. We had a Airbnb, and then we rented the Airbnb for a month, and we had to find a place to live in that month. With two small kids, no help at all. So we had to do everything with the kids. We rented a car. And then that's kind of when we start to run into a lot of challenges because 
we didn't have credit. I had been out of the U.S. for a long time. So like my credit was like just dormant. So to get a phone was a challenge. To open a bank accounts was almost impossible. To buy cars, we almost couldn't buy cars unless we pay cash. To rent a house was like was virtually impossible. So we came with the idea that we were going to spend X amount and then the X amount became 25X. So that was a bit of a wake-up call for us. And Roger had to start working shortly after we arrived. So at that time, we realized that we were going to spend a lot more money and have to kind of like take a lot of the funds from what our savings were. (laughs) And then we looked and there weren't much savings left. And we didn't have any help and support. We still had to furnish the house by everything. We came here with nothing. We sold everything that we had in Order Island and started from scratch. So we had to buy everything for a new home. We had to pay six months of rent in advance to be able to secure a house due to not having credit. And... uh, Roger was working about 14, 15 hours a day, and I had to focus on my business, but also keep my kids alive because we couldn't afford to have help with the kids. So I had to take care of the kids by myself. Roger worked about 14 hours a day and furnish a house and, you know, make sure that I was getting the things that we needed. And it was the middle of the summer in Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with this Texas summer. It's hot. I mean, like hot, hot. There were some days that were like 112 degrees with two small kids that were not used to the heat. So there were a lot of things that were piling up. And the reason I'm telling you this story of the challenges that we had whenever we moved to Texas from Northern Ireland is that Back to the what I was telling in the beginning with Bedros and people talking about privilege. Oh, you're you're just so privileged. Yes, we were fortunate that we had some savings. By the end of like month three, <laughs> there was not a whole pile left. And, you know, we had to make shit happen. We had two kids to look after and we could have cracked and, you know, just be done and and go into the victim mentality, or we could have done what we did and be like, buckle up, bitches, we are on it. And that's exactly what we did. So Roger kept on working the 14 hours a day. We couldn't afford to have help with the kids. So the way my business was built, because I started building my business as it is now when I was pregnant with Chloe. So whenever we moved, it was like launch time. It was the time to, you know, put everything out there. But it was in the middle of a transatlantic move. It was with no help. It was in a completely new place where I had no friends. My husband had no friends. So I was like, okay, what can I do with what I have? I was like, I can't pay for childcare because we couldn't afford childcare. So what I decided to do, there was a gym that had childcare up to three hours. It was a bit more expensive than most gyms. But whenever I did the math, I was like, okay, so if I can have three hours in the gym, I train for an hour and then the other two hours I use to work. 
And I was paying about like, it was $10 a month per child. And then the adult membership, which was pricey, but it was a lot less expensive than if I were to pay for childcare daily for two hours. So I was like, huh. So every day I brought my laptop, worked out for an hour, left the kids in the child center for three, three hours, worked for the two hours, came back home, got them fed, then did everything around the house. Again, we couldn't afford help. And then put them down for a nap and then worked some more for another two or three hours, whatever amount of time that they would sleep and then would take care of them again. So I think it's very important to see that oftentimes people let life and the things that happen in life happen to them. Oh, because a move and then he threw me off. Oh, because I didn't have any help. Oh, because my husband's schedule. I am not negating that these are all challenging situations, but you cannot wait for perfect time to take imperfect action because ultimately success is going to come from imperfect actions. And I have always been a big believer of that. And that's exactly what we did then. Another funny story, because I wanted to become effective with time as well, because I knew that the gym was going to be a big piece of my life because I was going to spend time there training myself. And after I realized that there were some gyms that had the three-hour uh, child care, we reverse engineer. And this is funny. I tell people this and they're like, oh my God, stop it. So most people look for a house and then they look for a gym. We did the opposite. We looked for a gym. We found the one that had like a childcare that made us feel safe uh, to leave our kids there where they did a lot of backgrounds and we liked the people that worked there. And then once we found the gym, we started looking for a house that was nearby because I knew that I was going to be spending a lot of time there. So that is how my business was born as is today, because I had been in business for a long time in the coaching space. I did personal training for a long, long, long time. Um, and then after that, when I moved to Europe, I did a lot of seminars in over 30 different countries, many of those were seminars to teach other personal trainers how to work with competitors. And then after that, I did more seminars talking about pre and postnatal training to personal trainers as well. So I had a lot of experience, but on the online coaching space, it really just started around like from six-ish years ago to now. I had a lot of floor experience. I had a lot of experience, you know, with speaking, being hands-on, but not so much on the online space, which, you know, I, I really feel that that's the best route to go because it's hard to make adjustments and to do something online if you do not have the floor experience. That's my opinion. So we moved here and whenever I started to see that my system was working, and that I was very clear on my boundaries and my goals and that I was not going to just sit back and get into the 
you know, victim mentality of life happening to me. I really think that life happened for me now looking back and all the challenges and everything that happened because that allowed me to become a million times more effective with my time. That right there, that experience on the first year or two that after we moved, hands down, was probably one of the best experiences that I've ever had to become more effective with my time. Because here's the thing, if I missed my window of my appointment booked to go to the gym and leave my kids in the the child center, that was it. I was done. I had lost that time. So I had to become very diligent and, and structured, and I couldn't leave things for later. And then if I started working, whenever the kids went down for a nap, I couldn't be like twirling my finger and trying to figure out what's going to happen next, because what was going to happen next is that my kids were going to wake up and I was not going to be able to get done what I needed to get done. And as things start to take off, I start to look objectively at how my coaching was done and what were the things that I could outsource that could start to slowly help me to be able to focus a little bit more on my coaching business. And that's when we decided to hire a babysitter to come to the house twice a week for initially two hours each time, because that's all we could afford. And then from that, we asked her to come for three hours twice a week. So do you see how it wasn't easy It wasn't, you know, just all rainbows and butterflies. And, you know, in the meantime, Roger was working and trying to start his business on the side as well. So this hasn't been an easy journey. And that's one thing that gets me very rattled whenever people try to talk about privilege, because my husband and I know how challenging it was to start from scratch. And not only navigating, raising two young children that were 14 months apart with absolutely no family help, being, you know, completely out of our home countries, my husband being from Northern Ireland and me being from Brazil, and not knowing him retiring from professional rugby and now having to find his way in life. Like, what am I going to do when I grow up? kind of deal. And so this hasn't been an easy journey, but the more I look back and that keeps on coming back to the victim mentality, there have been a lot of challenges. There have been a lot of things that I could sit here and bitch and complain about. I think it's important to look back at all these challenges and look at them as an opportunity to grow. What have I learned from that? What have we learned as a couple? What have we learned as a family? What has that allowed us to accomplish? And it hasn't been easy. It's still not easy because we still don't have family nearby. We still don't have the ability to just, oh, let's go. Like even for us to go on a trip as a couple now, it's not just like, oh yeah, let's go. It really, there needs to be this monumental event of getting one of our parents to fly here and stay here so they can be with our kids and then we can go somewhere. But it is important to look at everything as a lesson. What can you learn? And one other lesson that I think that this whole experience has taught us is 
to make sure that we nurture each other and ourselves as a couple. Because if we had allowed to let life get in the way and let, oh, we don't have family to to help, so there is nobody to leave the kids with so we can take time to be a couple and go on date nights. I could see us drifting apart whenever we didn't take intentional time to be together and to be a couple. So we were able to find people that we trusted initially with the babysitter that would come twice a week. It was with me in the house. So I knew that if something happened, I was able to be like just a few steps away and step in and slowly building the trust with a support system around us of people that we could trust. So we could take time for ourselves because oftentimes, and I see this a lot working with moms, parents forget that before being parents, they are a couple. And whenever I look back at everything in my my marriage, in my relationship with my kids, things started to feel a bit flimsy whenever my husband and I stopped being a couple. And we just became mom and dad. So nurturing our relationship in our marriage throughout this process has been a big, big lesson. And to learn to let it go, find people that you trust so that you can step away and be a couple. So that's one lesson. Lesson number two, communication. At first, I wanted to do all the things all the time. But ultimately, I couldn't start my business, keep my kids alive, keep the house clean, the clothes washed, myself fit, meal prep, dinner ready. Like I couldn't do all of that without support from my husband or from outside help whenever it became financially available to us. So communicating clearly what your needs are to your partner so that you guys are both on the same page and you can find a middle ground so there is no resentment that starts to rise because I felt like he could be doing more, but he was working 14 hours a day. So he thought that that he was doing all that he had to do. And my husband has always been very hands-on. Like he's an amazing man, a phenomenal dad, a phenomenal husband. But there were things that I needed that I wasn't voicing that he doesn't have a freaking crystal ball. So communicating effectively, that's two. Lesson number three is stop looking at things in life that happen as something that happened to you, but instead as something that happened for you. What are the lessons that you can learn? What are the things that you can you can look and, and see, be like, okay, I just learned the way in which this is not going to happen or that's not going to work. And it is a constant learning But by not falling into the victimhood mentality, you are going to be able to keep on moving forward instead of becoming stagnant and just sitting there blaming the universe as to why everybody else has it better than you. That's lesson number three. Lesson number four is don't be afraid to ask for outside help. There is this thing that I see very often amongst women and moms that they often think that they're failing as a parent if they have to get outside help with their laundry, if they have to get outside help with somebody that comes to their house every two weeks to clean their house. 
So look at what your time is worth. Look how much time it is taking you to do that specific task, even if you are on a tight budget. And that's basically what we did when I did, like I was spending all Sunday cleaning my house. And then I was like, okay, so to hire help every two weeks is this much. It takes me X amount of hours to clean the house. And I do a, a good job, but it takes me an obnoxious amount of hours. How much is my hour work based on my work? And how much is getting somebody who is an expert at that? How much is her hour worth to come and do a job that I don't particularly love? And looking objectively at, quite honestly, I did not feel like a failure one bit with hiring help <laughs> to get my house cleaned. It was the most amazing day of our move. <laughs> I was delighted. So don't be afraid to ask for outside help, especially if you are a working mom who is doing a lot already, working eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day. And then you come home, you want to be a mom. And then in addition to that, then you have to do all the things at home. Outsource that shit. Outsource whatever you can. Look objectively at the numbers. So that's lesson number four. And then lesson number five, don't assume that everybody else has a good life and that you suck or that, oh, she has an easy life because this, this, that, and the other. The amount of energy that you're trying to speculate on other people's lives and try to justify why you're not accomplishing things, you could be using that energy and putting towards doing something to change the things that you don't like about what your life is right now. Nobody knows the struggles that we were going through whenever we moved. I didn't particularly open social media be like, oh, she has it so much easier than me, so I'm just going to sit here and bitch about it. No. I was like, oh, she's killing it. Good for her. And then get your work and do what you can with the time that you have. The amount of energy that I see so many people wasting looking at what other people are doing and how much better they have, use the energy towards something for you to become that person. And just on a, a little bit of a side note, that's something that drives me crazy when I see moms going on people's social media and commenting, huh, it's easy for you to look this way because wait until you have kids. I'm not saying that having kids makes things a bit more challenging, but I really want to ask, did you look like her before you had kids? Did you look like her? Because if you didn't look like her, you need to shut the fuck up. Because using that energy to talk to people about how much better they have and all their privileges and shit, it's not going to make your life any easier. Focus on what is real in front of you. So these are the five lessons from our move from Northern Ireland to back to the United States, to Texas, where we have been for the past five years. Oh, it's five years this month to the past five years. And, you know, we are doing well. We still obviously still have our challenges, but we're a lot more settled. We bought our house two years ago here. So life is good, but it hasn't been an easy process. And that's okay because, you know, every time that I wake up and I look at our amazing house that we have been able to buy and the amazing life that we have been able to build here, it makes me appreciate this so much more because I know in my heart and my husband knows in his heart how much work, sweat, and tears have been putting to building this life. And actually, let's make this a sixth takeaway. 
nothing worth having is easy, but going through the challenges instead of giving up will make the other side of the hard moments feel so much more sweet because you know in your heart how hard you worked to get there. So these are the six lessons. This is a story on when we moved from Northern Ireland to Texas. I wouldn't change a thing. I would do everything the exact same way that it happened. It's been an incredible lesson and we're still learning from life and taking every challenge and opportunity as a learning lesson. I hope this episode has been helpful. Make sure that you hit all the buttons, share with your besties. If you liked this episode, head off to my socials and tell me all about it. And I'll see you guys next time. Adios. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. But let me ask you, what was your aha moment in today's episode? I would love to know. You can leave me a comment or voice message at the link in the show description. You can also follow me on Instagram and let me know what topics you want to hear more about or who I should have on the show. As for today, this is it for today, guys. I'll see you back next week for another episode of the Unfiltered Fit Life podcast.